Ian Fleming who wrote a book, James Bond, in case they didn't know, who's posh. He had a very easy life ahead of him. He went to the poshest school. There is, right? But he gets kicked out that school for banging birds. Anyway, so then Ian goes to military academy and gets kicked out for banging a prostitute and he gets the clap. Mate, happiness. It's a tricky situation. Um, to make things worse, he fucking flies to Geneva to learn languages just so he could bang more birds, right? That is dedication. Dedication to banging. Welcome, ring bearers and librarians, to Geek Salad episode 240, Ian Fleming's Rings of Twilight Hunger. I'm Andy. <laughs> I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. And tonight we are gathered once again to discuss movies. In this case, it's movies that about book series that were turned into movie series. Unless the movie series was so bad they had to cancel it, thus we never got the full series. That was a mouthful. But I'm sure as you go through everything today, it'll all make sense. So we haven't talked about, well, maybe. I mean, we haven't talked about books in forever, so I'm kind of happy that we're doing this. And it was like, it took me a little bit to think of stuff, and I'm like, oh, wait, no, that's based on a book series. Oh, no, wait. That's based on a book series. Yeah. When I when I first started coming up with this idea, I was putting it together and it just started sprawling out of control. And I'm like, okay, we have to narrow it down into serious categories. Right. Because uh Because we could just, just talk about books movies based on books. Um forever. And yeah. So we're this is this is part of a multi-part series that will span decades as we uh Yes, this is this is the this is the new books to movie series. Yeah, and, and this time we're it, talking about book series. Yeah, it's interesting too because there's a couple of books that I, eh? I just that eh? popped into mind not so much. that didn't become series, not because the movie wasn't good, but because they would just cost so damn much. Uh, like I'm thinking about like ma- the movie Master and Commander is technically uh, the Far Side of the World is two books. There's like I think five or six books in the series. Um, but they only made one movie of it. Um, uh, James Elroy's books. I think like L.A. Confidential was the only one out of its series to get made. I'm not counting the Blue mm-hmm. Dahlia because that movie was boring as hell. Uh, Black Dahlia? Black Dahlia. What did I say? Blue. Blue Dahlia. Oh, damn it. Yeah, yeah. The Black Dahlia. Thank you for correcting me, Catherine. Thank you for keeping me on this. So anyway, we had we actually had quite a bit of feedback on uh on the socials here so let's start off with our uh facebook f- 
feedback here, you know, for the app that didn't change its name for no good reason. <laughs> after it loads oh, up. What's that, Kathy? We know, we know why it changed its name. It's just a dumb reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, now it's an X app. Well, that's... <laughs> It's it's because Elon Musk has been trying to name something X forever because he's dumb. Yeah, exactly. And he thinks that X sounds cool because he's 11 years old. Yeah. Do, do you remember like the he, he's stuck in the 90s going, you know, OK, we got the X games. Yeah. He seems like the kind of guy that would regularly do the uh, degeneration X over his crotch every time he says X. Oh God, you yep. would be you the one. Yep, exactly. Yeah. But like I said, you know, if you've ever seen that 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 thing on Twitter, the meme of just like Elon Musk slams dick in the car door, Elon Musk bros, masterful gambit, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let let's start with some of these. Now we did say book series, and we did we do appreciate people who come out and let us know their thoughts on on movies that were turned you know books that were turned into movies uh some of these are not serious but i'm still gonna read them anyway because you know i appreciate everybody giving us their uh giving us their input on this so we're gonna start with jamie shea uh, who actually has got quite a few contributions on here mm-hmm. um the green mile great movie it's been forever since i've seen the green mile but um Jamie, we will be actually be getting to a Stephen King. Um, I look at Stephen, the books and movies of Stephen King, not in the not too distant future. So we're going to be talking about that. There's there's so many he gets his own damn episode. Exactly. Um, Jamie also brings up the Dark Tower. Horrendous. I've I haven't seen the Idris Elba movie. I know that our friend uh derek jones from the midnight myth podcast loves the dark tower in fact his uh his other podcast the wheel of ka had had been covering the dark tower books but yeah the movie is just horrendous now again because i think it was an original story based in the world of the dark tower i'm not sure because i won't watch it um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Jimmy uh, adds to that saying that interestingly in the uh, the end of the book series was atrocious. So I was interested if they would make change it and they chose to make the whole movie bad. Um, Jamie also brings up the princess bride, not a book series, but it's true uh, to a book as I've ever seen. And with the exception well, of changing the nationality the... of Fezzik, you can't begrudge that. And, 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 you know, the author of the princess bride, William Goldman wrote the screenplay and he based Fezzik on Andre the Giant, and then when they got Andre the Giant, you know, adjustments were made, but you you, you can't hate on that. Yeah, no, no, you absolutely can't. Andre is iconic in our hearts and minds, and you don't even need to be a wrestling fan because of that. Um, no, and, and as an aside, thanks thanks to Behind the Bastards, we learned that Andre the Giant is actually a nice guy. It was actually a nice guy. Yeah. Exactly. Well, just, a, bit, just a, a bit kooky, but a, a nice guy. Well, generally. when you're seven foot, you know, seven foot infinity, and it takes you like barrels of wine to get drunk, you're going to be a little eccentric. Um, this just, isn't just, French wine. Just read the um, uh, Carrie Elway's, um, what was it? Uh, yeah. The, yeah, his, Carrie uh, Elway's, 
uh, Princess I've watched Bride the book. video diary. Yeah, I've, I've watched uh, Carrie Elwes' video diary on my collectible edition of uh, Princess Bride. Yeah. yeah, and nothing will nothing will ever top the story of how influential the uh, Andre was behind the behind the sta- you know behind the scenes of the WWF at the time when he actually waited until the Ultimate Warrior was like in his full makeup and armbands and steroid glory, and then told him, "You get me French wine," and like the look on the kid's face at that Seven Eleven, where he watched the Ultimate Warrior have to go in to find like French wine. all right so we also have diane twist who brings up the artemis fowl movie was deplorable and i really enjoyed the book i thought good omens was uh pretty true to the book and very enjoyable uh jamie jamie shea corrects her with that it wasn't a um yeah it wasn't a theatrical release diane counters with i feel that 10 hours productions are theatrical they're a poor representation of the book that were based on and there were good ones, too. If you want to stick uh, strictly to a few-hour complete format, then The Hobbit was dreadful. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that, because a lot of people have some thought, some feelings on The Hobbit. Margot Baker Thompson brings up most of the movies from John Grisham's books, uh, which I believe are in their own contained, like, Southern lawyer, genteel Southern lawyer universe. Mm. I think. Possibly. It, it, uh, it, all honesty, after the Pelican Brief, I uh, actually no, it was a Pelican Brief or a Time to Kill. It was one of them, yeah, and then I just gave up. I just couldn't I don't read know books that. anymore. What was that? What was that, I don't, that I don't know. They do. I, I do think they take place in their own shared universe, but I don't think you can consider it a series in the sense that they're interconnected to each other. Right. Right. One. One. One action from. One, you know, upstart lawyer from the South doesn't interact with another upstart lawyer from the South, right? Right. It's tough to say because, again, I gave up on Grisham, like, at the peak of his popularity. Because I'm like, these books are unreadable. Um, I, I only Dave, saw, I've only seen one of his movies, and that's uh, the, the Client. The Client. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I saw the client. I saw the firm. I saw the Pelican Brief, and I saw a Time to Kill. Oh, I saw the Rainmaker, yeah. but that's about it. Yeah, I saw a couple of those, and I've never watched them again. Yeah, so. you don't need to. <laughs> They're yeah, very nice. That's I'm, I'm good that's with what that. I remember. Yeah. And then Dave Twist brings up: I've never really gotten a handle on the Alex Cross series of books. They tried with Morgan Freeman, but the directing and overall quality was terrible. They tried again with Tyler Perry, changed the location of the story, his partner's race and competence, and destroyed the story. It seems like an easy adaptation. An African-American cop, FBI agent, psychologist, and his partner working against the clock. Yeah. I The movie, I've seen two of the movies, um, and they're, they're kind of forgettable. And then we have uh, John Saul, who says, the best Lord of the Rings and the first Hobbit movie. Now, I'm going to consider The Hobbit to be part of a series because, technically speaking, it's all part of this grander Middle-Earth series. Right. I feel like yeah, that's the yeah, it, book's yeah, doing it, more. It, it, I mean, the, the movie's doing more than the books. It's based on The Hobbit and The Silmarillion. So there you go. There's your book series. Oh, there we go. And the well, appendices. It also has, it also has a connected the Silmarillion. Yeah. Bilbo is both The Hobbit and in Lord of the Rings, so. True. Um, the, 
uh, John says, the worst are the Hobbit's second and third movies. The first movie trilogy and the initial Hobbit film uh, hadn't been so good. So um, if the first movie trilogy and the initial Hobbit film hadn't been so good, my expectations for the rest could have been reached. I, you know what? The, here's the thing. I think I've said this before about the Hobbit movies. I had a different, completely different view on the Hobbit movies when I watched the behind-the-scenes stuff. And a lot of it's just because I understand how much work went into shooting the movie. It, yeah, it does not have the heart of the first the first trilogy. Um, mm-hmm. And that said, too, I, in The Desolation of Smaug, that might be the best representation of a dragon I have ever seen on the big screen. Yeah. Well, that's because then it's... Benedict Cumberpatch did the mocap for it. Yeah. Oh, he did. He did a phenomenal job with that too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the big problem is they they try to stretch a single book into three movies when it really didn't need to be. No. It's, it's, right. It's not that long of a book either. If it was just a single movie, you just have it as a prequel to the Lord of the Rings series. It would have been. Per- it would have been fine. It would have been perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's I, what when I they drag. Dad, Sorry. Go for it. I think that Joe, you just get the sense you didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, and yeah, Peter, I mean, the thing Peter with Jack- the, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, back. Catherine. Yeah, Peter ja- Peter Jackson was done, and they dragged him back in, and it was like whoever was going to do the Hobbit movies was out, and they dragged Peter Jackson back, and he had wanted. From what I remember at the time, before the movies came out, he wanted to do two, and Fox was like, no, no, more money, make three, and he was like, okay, we're going to have to put in a lot of filler stuff, and the fans didn't like the filler crap. Yeah, right. I mean, you just watch those movies, and you can, like, two two at most would have been perfect. Um, But yeah, I mean, like, the first one, I... Isn't isn't bad. It, it's just it's fine. I think the second one's the best, and then the third one is just really overblown. Yeah. The the so from what I could tell from the behind the scenes stuff on the movies, essentially what Peter Jackson ended up with was two and a half movies. There was a lot of there was a story that he wanted to tell, and it would have spanned two and a half movies, and then he just. It's like, okay, well, I guess I got to blow this up. That's why the whole Battle of the Five Armies, which is a paragraph in the book, is, you know, an hour and a half long epic battle. Yeah. (laughs) Epic. And with rabbit fingers. (laughs) So let's move over to, uh, let's move over to 10. Sorry. Twitter. X. Whatever. And we've got Movies for Real at Movies for Real Pod, who says, I think the first Percy Jackson movie was actually a good adaptation and was a shame it went downhill with the second film, ho- uh, hoping the series is good and they can tell a whole story of Percy. There are 12 Olympian gods, big three are the brothers Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades. The children of these gods were half human, half gods. Hey, Mom. I thought this school was supposed to make things better. Someday it'll all make sense. Percy Jackson, we need to talk. Miss Dodds? Oh! I found him. 
Who found me? Yeah, I don't know. The movie is just, it, to my, it just ain't great. Um, there are, I mean, there's a lot of issues. I have a lot of issues with them. Um, yeah, I'm hoping for the for a, a good series that's coming up on Disney Plus later this year. Um, uh, but I've only also read the first book, and for books that are written for young adults and you know older children, they're interminable. It feels like they go on forever. Oh, really? I haven't I haven't read them yet. But okay. Like, it's just it's just I I mean I like the first Percy Jackson movie just I like the concept. You know, it, 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 there's a, there's the foundations there of a good, you know, story. Especially yeah. since it's 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 a game that Catherine and I are playing right now. Actually, sort of like along those lines. Yeah. Um, yep. So I kind of like. Have, yeah, tables like, have role playing game called Scion. Yeah. And I like the concept. I haven't read the book, um, but again, it's like it's like one of those things. Yeah, the first movie was. Was actually it was entertaining, but the second one was just like, oh god, they really dropped the ball on this one. Yeah, yeah. no, it's it. It seems like it should have been more epic than it was. Yeah, but it but it ain't. All right, then we got our friend Tom from Perpetual Cinema who says the Thin Man for the win. Um, I had totally forgotten that the Thin Man is based on a series of books. I. Love the, the the first movie was like it was like one of my go tos when I worked at Suncoast Suncoast Story. So drink if you're if you're holding alcohol right now. Um, <laughs> drink whatever you got. I have a, I have a cup of black coffee here because I'm exhausted. I don't know why I'm so I'm as tired as I am today. But um, yeah, no, around. I love the Thin Man. So I really enjoyed what I, I really enjoyed the movies. That's that's actually a movie series. I'm surprised has not been remade. I am too. I mean, that's the that's, kind of thing that you know maybe people are just going to look at and go, "Why would you dare do that?" I no, that's unlikely. Nothing, nothing is sacred in Hollywood. Uh, yep. Thin Man reminds me. Like you said, Catherine, nothing is sacred in Hollywood. So how come the Thin Man series hasn't been remade or updated? You know, it's like. It's, it'd be the perfect series, you know, for like a, a George Clooney type, you know, vehicle. I I, I could see him pulling it off. It really. Oh, because, yeah, I, I could see why, because it's uh, we're not into detectives right now. Directed by Steven Soderbergh. Yeah. Yeah. No, it would be great. And it would get us into a detective period. I, I, I agree. I thought oh, we were not don't know what you're talking we're not, about. Ryan, okay, Johnson. Into, yeah. Ryan Johnson. Glass Onion is so fucking good. Oh, it is. It is. Oh, yeah. So, so Mike, essentially, the story of the Thin Man is that there's this couple, uh, Nick and Nora, who are just the most wonderful alcoholics you will ever meet in their dog, Asta. And they're, they solve crime. Blessings. Oh, it's, Yeah. And I, I feel like that, that's a strong point. Maybe why it hasn't been remade yet. Because, you know, hashtag cancel culture. Um, that, you know, they are, in fact, alcoholics. Every, every scene is them holding a drink or having a drink or fixing a drink. And it's like, it's delightful. But it's delightful in a 1930s type of delightful. 
I think, yeah, I think it's just because the detective genre hasn't had a comeback yet. Yeah. We're we're still in like superheroes and, and YA drama. Yeah. You know, somebody, some, some say the detective genre will come back and then we'll get some Thin Man. Well, I mean, we are, uh, we did just get like those two, uh, uh, what was it, Glass Onion and... Yeah, oh, uh, knives out and yeah. knives out. A, a glass onion, knives out story. And which, we are, we are, um, they are going. They are making a third um, Hercule Poirot movie. Yeah, you, you, Kenneth Kenneth Branagh has not given up on the on the Agatha Christie. So <laughs> no. Yeah, because Kenneth Branagh has all the money and all the clout. That's that's yeah. why. And that's actually one that we never we didn't bring up here. We should we should we let's let's stop for a second and talk about those. Have you guys seen Murder on the Orient Express or? Uh, A passenger has died. So they got him after all. You assume he was killed? No, 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 not. Well, he was in perfectly good health. He he had his enemies. Indeed, he was murdered. God, murder here. God rest his soul. Someone was rummaging around my cabin in the middle of the night. No one would listen to me. If there was a murderer... What is going on? Then there was a murderer. The murderer is with us. And every one of you is a suspect. And who are you? My name is Hercule Poirot, and I'm probably the greatest detective in the world. I've seen, like, one of the old ones. No, I, haven't, I haven't seen the Kenneth Branagh stuff yet. Now I've seen like the masterpiece theater. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, they're ones I keep meaning to get around to, but not getting around to it. They are both really good. I feel like Murder on the Orient Express is a better overall movie, uh, only because I feel like Death on the Nile just had to force itself into release because it was, I think, due to be released in. 2020 and obviously things happened and then they found out that army hammer may or may not be a cannibal so um <laughs> that was like oh gotta downplay this guy but the first movie the um murder on the orient express is really good i've seen murder on the orient express done several times i you know like the you know the uh the david Chusay poirot um and this one is excellent. Everybody in it is really commendable. They all do a really good job in it. And Branagh clearly loves not only playing the character, but telling these stories. So I, I think that they're, they're, both of the movies are very good. Um, Death on the Nile is, 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 is pretty good. It keeps you guessing as to who did it, which is the whole point. But that's because I feel like he really wants to tell Christie's story. Okay. It's worth it. And I yeah. think they're on Hulu. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't, yeah, I haven't, I haven't gotten around to them yet. I didn't hear great things about uh, Murder on the Orient Express, and you know, I love Agatha Christie, so yeah, I just I haven't made time for it. It's it is good. It all hinges on your on your Poirot, and Branagh just really just sinks his teeth into this. I love this era of Kenneth Branagh. I really do. I think he, he's he's doing his best work now because he it's it's like oh I don't have to do Shakespeare anymore, really. He, he okay. doesn't have 
It's not that he doesn't have to do Shakespeare anymore. He's aging out of the Shakespeare roles he likes to play. He held onto that copy of Hamlet for how long? (laughs) Longer than the movie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But only barely. Yeah. Ah. So, anyway, let's continue on with our our Twitter feedback here. I'm sorry, Joe, did you have something to add? Uh, no, I was just going to say, like, like Catherine said, uh, like I said, he's got, he, he's, he's got the clout now that he can. Ch- yeah, you're absolutely if right. He to, if he wants to play yeah. a little bit sandbox, he can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. So let's move on. We've got our, our new friends, uh, bitches with beards at bearded bitch pod who brings Ooh. up, um, and again, not surprisingly, a very, uh, very powerful uh, or popular topic. Uh, Middle topic. Earth Saga is by far the biggest con- uh, contradiction. Lord of the Rings is superb, a real passion project. The Hobbit forgot its audience, and Ring of Power forgot its plot. And while Ring of Power is Amazon, we'll, we'll, we'll allow it in the comments. Yep, fair enough. Yep. And then we've got one more here. Cinema Medicine Podcast at uh, Cinema Medicine says, Aragon is by far the worst adaptation I have ever seen. Thus killing the uh, any potential for a, uh, for a series. I never saw it. I'll buy it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't see it either, yeah. Mike. Uh, but I've heard... That the people who grew up with the books felt a betrayal like you have never felt in your life. Yeah, I feel like a studio was like, oh, we have to jump on this whole Harry Potter thing. What's a property we could pick up? Oh, this looks good. There are dragons. Cool. Oh god. I haven't yeah. read I haven't I haven't read any of it. You know, it didn't that particular series didn't appeal to me. No judgment on it. It's just not me. Uh but yeah, I can I can see that being like somebody was basically trying to exploit it. Yeah, there's, and that, there's that's a reason kind of the why... issue with these, and we'll yeah. talk about that in a little bit actually. But but yeah, that's that's there's a reason why Tim Mora Pierce has never uh, given signed away movie rights to any of her books, is because she doesn't trust people. It's been a long, cold existence. I can't trust anybody. She, no, she, nothing, nothing of hers has ever been adapted because she's like, they're going to fuck it up. <laughs> Sounds like uh, Alan Moore and Peel Travers. Oh, yeah. Except that she doesn't have the ego of Alan Moore. You know? And Alan Moore has had has signed off a lot of his stuff, and then gone. Oh, they didn't do it right. Whatever, dude. Yeah, he's just grumpy beard with eyes. That's true. <laughs> he is the man thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everybody for uh, for contributing to the discussion. We appreciate that. If you are um, also a person on on the X's. Uh, feel free to follow any of the uh, any of our fine friends who who replied back to us. Now, I'm going back to our lists here. Uh, Mike, did you mention mm. your coworker Corey? Is that you? Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, 
Yeah, I, uh, when he walked into work today, he's uh, was like, oh, I saw on Facebook that you guys are talking about um, book series, uh, movie series based on book series. And he mentioned that he really loved uh, S.E. Hinton's uh, books, which is the uh, the Outsiders. That was then. This is now Rumble Fish and Tex, all of which were made into movies. All within about a year of each other. Yeah. And like, I mean, I don't think they're connected, but they all kind of take place in the same kind of Oklahoma-ish area. Yeah, it would be like denying that uh, the John Hughes movies don't exist in the same universe. Yeah. Right. And yeah, I think all all of his movies, all of her movie is also uh, star Matt Dillon in different characters. Yeah. Yeah, that that's interesting. It's also interesting, too, that like I don't know if you, if you saw The Outsiders is coming to Broadway as a musical. <laughs> Broadway's back. Well, so, so is Jaws. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's true. And I'm actually intrigued by the Jaws thing, but I am as well. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, did has anybody read any of these S.C. Hinton books? My my daughter, like two years ago, had to read The Outsiders, and I think it's it's a book whose time has definitely passed for this generation. Um, S.C. Hinton actually wrote that when she was like 15 and 16. She had it published when she was 18. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. He mentioned that he had to read them all like for school, but he loved them all. Those actually, my school never had me read any of those, so I never did. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, the, yeah. No, I only, I only read The Outsiders for book for school, and that's it. I, I, I don't think I even read The Outsiders. It was <clears> very <throat> popular amongst my babysitters. Hmm. Well, the movie was definitely because it had all. You know, this is for Tom Cruise before, uh, you know, be- before stardom hit. Oh, yeah. Tom Cruise, Ralph Macchio, Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon, yeah. Yep. Kurt Russell. And also I mean, see Thomas Russell, Howell. Uh, Patrick Sweezy. Oh, yeah. Yep. Stay gold, pony boy. Um, what's interesting, too, when you think about it, I'm not sure about that was then, this is now. I can't remember who directed I'm going to look that up in a second. But The Outsiders and Rumblefish were both directed by, um, by Francis Ford Coppola. So it does kind of really? add to that extra. Yeah, oh yes, I did. Also, it does, it, I did hear about that. Definitely, definitely gives it a lot of cachet. Then, yeah, it does. Um, yeah, I'm pulling that up right now because I think that Rumblefish is also Coppola, and it was uh, shot in black and white. Yeah, uh, I believe that was then. This is now. A, no, no, Tex was Disney. Tex was Disney. Um, and yeah, directed I, I by nobody I've ever morning. heard of before. Um, and then, let me just go look up. That was then, this is now. And I think that... That one is... Christopher Kane. Not familiar with that. who that is either, but... Yeah, no that that's a really good that's a really good call out. But I I agree the books probably the stories don't have anything to do with one another, but they're definitely shot in the same, they're like told in the same universe that they could just kind of cross over. Yeah, yeah. So let's move on to uh, we're we're gonna break this up. We've got the good, 
we got the bad, we got the mixed bag, but I do want to talk about one thing real quick, and that is the Twilight Award for shit books that were turned into terrible movies. And we'll start <laughs> no, with the Twilight Saga. Oh, I hear some of you out there, folks. You're saying, but the story's over. It was barely a story, but it's indisputably over. Yes, yes, I agree, but if you've watched this long, it's assumed that you're a teenage girl who really wants to meet a sweet vampire boy herself, and this is just more marshmallow on your Sunday. So take out your spoon and gobble it up. Sweet marshmallowy goodness. No redeeming quality whatsoever. Oh, my God. Pablum. Oh, God. Awful, awful movies. Ugh. Ugh. I mean, I... And even though... I don't... don't, and I don't know what's worse, the book or the movie. Of Twilight. I didn't want to. Yeah. I didn't want to watch him and didn't want to read the books, so I didn't. So I can't really take <coughs> for certain one way or the okay. other. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, then, I have read all of the books. I have watched all the movies. Because I had a, a a a dear late friend of mine from Second Life was into them. And they are cheeseball uh, fanfic, you know, for Mormonism. Yeah. If you didn't know yeah. that, that's what it is. And uh, I've, I've read them. The books are better. I think it's partly because the actors, you know, some of the actors weren't great, you know, when the movies came out, people are like, oh, I'm Team Edward. Oh, I'm Team Jake. And I'm like, you know, uh, Bella's dad was pretty cool in the books, and he's really great in the movies. I am Team <laughs> Bella's dad. <laughs> I'm also not a teenager. I'm an adult. <laughs> I kind of like her dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. There is this great bit from um, Matt Inman's cartoon, The The Oatmeal, who who explains Twilight. And he says this. First off, the author, Stephanie Meyer, creates a main character, which is an empty shell. Her appearance isn't described in detail that that way. Any female could slip into it and easily fantasize about being this person. I read 400 pages of that book and barely had any idea what the main character looked like. As far as I was concerned, she was a giant Lego brick. (laughs) Appearance aside, her personality is portrayed as insecure, fumbling, and awkward, a combination anyone who has ever went through puberty can relate to. By creating this empty shell, the character becomes less of a person and more of something a female reader can put and wear. Because I forgot her name, I think it was Barbara or Brando or something like that. I'm going to refer to her as Pants from here on out. Brando! And there's a con. And then there's a uh, cartoon that says, I'm sad because my life is hard and because I'm not even a real character. Introducing Pants. (laughs) So after a few chapters of listening to Pants, uh, white about high school, sucking at volleyball, and being the center of attention, the second major character is introduced. Imagine everything a lady might want in a man, then exaggerate it by 10,000. And you've got Edward Cullen. The level of detail that the author goes into while describing Edward's appearance is remarkable. At one point while reading, I I started counting the number of times the author used the expression Edward's perfect face, and it was uh, far into double digits. The author uh, excruciatingly details his muscular pecs, clothing, hair, eye color, even his goddamn breath. I'm not joking. (laughs) And there's a cartoon of, of Edward. I'm here for you, babe. 
Look at me. I'm so pretty. Also known as E-Man. Jesus Christ. Let me me remember that this isn't a first-person writing style, right? Yes. Okay. That... Yeah, let's let's do remember that. Right, right. But still, it's people, like I remember. People don't talk about themselves when they're writing in their diary. Right, but one thing that was Dear pointed diary, out to me. <laughs> I'm five nine. Well, five eight and three quarters. If I want to be honest, I have blue eyes and brown hair. No, nobody does right. that. So one of the things that was described to me about one of the books is when Edward breaks up with Bella. And this is coming from um, a, a friend of mine. Actually, it's our, our friend Brian Dermody's wife, Marla, who said that when Edward breaks up with Bella in one of the books, there is five or six pages of nothing but blank sheets of paper. Oh, because God. Bella cannot be defined outside of her relationship with a man. Which is a very Mormon thing to do. This whole thing. That, that is true. Um, and I long ago dumped my Twilight books in a uh, Donate Your Books Here locker, so I don't know. Oh, I, I almost thought check. you were going to say landfill. But okay, that's a... Uh... <laughs> no, no. That's fair. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. The, n- neither of them are any good. Unfortunately... Yes, Look, if, yes, if you want a good, if you want a good vampire series that got turned into other media, I, good, bad, uh, uh, the Suki Stackhouse series. Okay, right, but those get turned into TV. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm yeah. saying. That's why it's good that's TV why up until that last season. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we'll we'll forget about the last season. Yeah, yeah, but even like Interview with the Vampire, if you want to get on to like the Lestat series being turned into movies, the movies are so disjointed because. There's never one – it never had, like, one director at the helm to show their vision. So you've got Interview with the Vampire, which is actually a pretty good movie, and I feel like it hasn't deterred in age. But then the next movie in that series to come out was Queen of the Damned, and that was, like, six years later. And it just looked like shit. They and a lot of it is, yeah, it just – and, I mean – Anne Rice had a had a pretty tight stranglehold on that series, but it just it never got off the ground. And I'm, I'd be really interested now that she's no longer with us. If somebody picks up the books and go, okay, we're going to do this again, and we're going to do it right, and we're actually going to find a Lestat that actually looks like Lestat and is young enough to be able to pull off a few movies beforehand. Actually, that that does be, kind of beg the question. Outside of Twilight and Interview with the Vampire, are there any franchises that are like based around vampire characters? I'm not talking uh, about Underworld. Huh? Under, Underworld? Yeah, the Underworld series. Oh, yeah, okay, that's a good call. They're not based on books, though. Right. No, no they're not uh, based on books. But you failed to clarify and, that, Mike. Yeah. yeah <laughs> What's John? Uh-oh. What's uh, Joe bringing up? Uh, he's shouting about the World of Darkness base books, which the uh, Underworld kind of cops on. But uh, then we're talking about uh, Vampire the Kindred uh, uh, TV show, and yeah. that's outside of the bounds of this right. discussion. Yeah, yes. I mean, but there, yeah, there, uh, there've been a few what, werewolf 
series book book series made into movies, but I can't think of too many mo- vampire ones. Yeah, interesting. Huh. And no Frankenstein. Yeah, it's no, not the, like there's the, any the, romantic Frankenstein movies. Well, Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> that's that's because <laughs> they haven't done Dean Koontz's Frankenstein books as theatrical release movies. I think they did a mini series about it, but they're terrible. Okay. Like the, the the first the very first of uh Dean Kuntz's Frankenstein was decent and then everything else after that was crap. Cool. All right. So Mike wants to nominate in the Twilight Award for shit books that were turned into terrible. Or even movies. worse than Twilight's. Fifty yeah. Shades of Grey. Which which by was, the way was essentially written as Twilight fan fiction. Yeah. 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 No, not essentially you, 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 literally. Yeah, literally. You could was... tell by the quality of the grammar. Oh God! It's it's not even the quality the, the, of grammar. The the author Yale James has admitted it started out as fanfic. Just it's, took, the, took the vampire out of it and just made it all about bondage. Yes, it was Yay. it was about you know her, you know she is just subject to this guy. And if you're writing blog post fanfic and somebody's like, here's a gazillion dollars for book deals and movies, are you going to say no? No, of course not. No. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, I would just, me, I would just write it under, I would just write it under a pen name so nobody knows I'd written to such dreck. Well, yeah, but then, you know, it, it's, it's like when they write checks to Spider-Man, who's going to be able to cash them. <laughs> <laughs> um, seriously, though, I feel like, Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, first of all, I remember when that when the when the first book came out, and it was just like you could just tell people <laughs> that were reading it out in public were very much the kind of people that were, um, you know, who had the excitement of just being able to just lean into the dryer during the spin cycle, <laughs> just a little too much. Um, they like, just like they like the detachable shower head. Yeah, yeah. It's like that, uh, Mike, it's like that Scalar Brothers bit about oh, um, yeah. the woman, you know, Barbara, going to uh, Cars Land at Disneyland. <laughs> What's your name, Little Razor? Barbara. Good <laughs> job. She approaches the car, and the car's like, Who's my Little Racer? And she's like, Barbara. Awesome. How old are you? I'm 49. Good job. What's going on? Well, I stopped cooking for myself. Just got too sad to keep clearing the leftovers out of the fridge three days after I make something because cookbooks don't make portions for one person. I found that out the hard way. Awesome! What else is going on? Well, if we're being honest, it's been about three years since I've had a vaginal orgasm. Like, you know that even though they were pre-recorded messages... I could feel the car wanting to extract itself from the conversation. Be like, all right, I owe you fuel up back in the garage. But you just came from the garage. Next time, bring your niece. (laughs) God. But, But the other thing, too, is the perception of this. I feel like it's it's... Very ob- obvious based on like the 
just kind of like the public perception I've heard. There has not been a single man who has ever read these books because I think they think it's something completely different. I saw I saw something once, and I don't know why this stuck with me because you know my brain is just like a lawless wasteland. But it's like <laughs> you know women are out there reading Fifty Shades of Grey, but you won't take a thumb in the butt. It's like really what? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> What? Wait, wait, whoa, what? Wait, wait a second. I don't even think we're talking about the same book anymore. There's no sound like cause and effect there. Yeah, seriously. I don't think these things have anything to do with each other. Okay. Man, talk about a logical fallacy. Oh my god. Yeah, but again, these, you know, these, these are like the same dude bros, though, that are like defending Ron Jeremy now. It's like, how could you be sexually harassing if you're on a porn set? Oh, God. Uh, Sit down. Also, I'll get you some cocoa and I'll explain what consent is. They're not going to get that because they're watching too much Jordan Peterson. Oh, God. Well, you know, it's, it's very tough because it's hard to have been a man in this world. You sons of bitches. Uh, that is my best Jordan Peterson. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I just, it, I astound, it's astounding me that anyone can pronounce bin, that, like the word bin, by actually hitting the double E on there. It just doesn't and, make sense to me. He, he literally and, and is of like. Benny, ben Shapiro, Ben Shapiro's doctor wife, that it's unnatural for a wife, for, for a woman to get wet. I love, I, I love that thing that I, I always send it to you all about the, like the big, you know, Fat bottom girls would just like offend him so much because again, it's just another reminder that he can't sexually please his wife. <laughs> his wife has told him it's weird if he does. So, oh god, yeah, I can't Is imagine. But he also fantasizes about his sister is... too. I know we're going off on a on a tangent here, but he, he like literally, if you've seen Benny Schaaf's sister, it's like nope. oh god, yeah, I'll. I have fun looking that up. Um, you know, I will see what I mean. <laughs> so anyway, back to Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen the movies, but I've heard like e- nobody liked the movies. I actually don't think even people who like the book series like the movies. I believe the direct the uh, the author forced them to hire her husband as the director of the second one because she didn't like how the first one turned out. Oh, and the Lord. first one's the only oh. one that made mm. money. Yeah, and so she got That's... them to hire her husband as a director because uh, she could tell him what to do. Oh, oh boy. God. Yeah. Wow. Uh, this I, is my shock face. I didn't face. hear any of that, but... Yeah. Uh, all right. So, before we hit the good and the bad, I think we need to just take a straight shot down the middle here in the mixed bag category. Um, and we're going to start with Ian Fleming's James Bond series. Um... I'm a huge James Bond movie fan. I have never read a book. I've never read an Ian Fleming novel. I, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't until I was well into adulthood that I realized that Ian that James Bond was based on a book character. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, you mean there's actual novels? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, guess okay. what? They have fuck all to do with the the movies that you've been watching. Right, exactly that, and that's the other thing that blew my mind. Is like they have absolutely, except for maybe, the, the, except for maybe the first casino. Well, not even the first casino royale, because the first casino royale was a was a comedy. 
But David, oh, no, Nibbit. it wasn't actually. So here's the beauty of uh, Casino Royale. There were three versions of Casino Royale. There was oh, a TV version where they made James Bond, Jimmy Bond, made him American. Barry Nelson was which, James Bond. Um, which which one's the one with David Niven? That's that's the second Casino Royale. That's, that's the, the one that, where, that's the funny one. Yeah, that's the funny one where Peter Sellers was such a pain in the ass that they fired him and then threw in uh, David Niven and Woody Allen. Um, and then there was the amazing Casino Royale with Daniel Craig, which is for me a oh, it's on TV. Everything stops now. Um, yeah, I'm watching this one. Yeah, but that's the only. I think that's the only book in the series that that kind of keeps the plot. Now, am I wrong? I was led to understand that Ian Fleming's books were sort of being a send up of the genre. And so the movies being silly up until the the Daniel Craig era was actually more in line with the the books. Or am I wrong on this? Hard for me to say because again, I haven't read the books. Um. Yeah, it's because I don't, I don't know that you really could say that the Sean Connery, the early Sean Connery ones were send ups. I mean, they were given to time. Yeah. yeah they, well, they, they, I mean, you've got preposterous stuff going on with the characters and whatnot. I mean, it's not, it's not full on Austin right, yeah, Powers. No, yeah, wacky, no, no, the, yeah, it's, you know, it's the, the, I mean, the plots themselves were serious. The plots themselves, no, the plots themselves were outlandish, but it wasn't like, like, there, there's a clear de- delineation between in the silliness when you get to Roger Moore, where mm. it, it, it bordered on parody. With yeah. the Roger Moore with animals doing yeah. double takes. Where, whereas a with doing Sean, a take, Catherine, a pigeon did a double take. Mm-hmm. Well, that killed the conversation, Ted. It was also a reflection of like, <laughs> but they were they were kind of a reflection of the the fear of the cold, you know, the early Cold War. So, so it wasn't yeah. so much a, a send up in the way that the uh, the uh, Roger Moore, James Bond was. Mm. Yeah. So, and yeah, plus, I mean, Ian Fleming, Ian Fleming himself was a was an actual spy. So, yeah, yeah. At least he claims he was a spy. I, but yeah, I, I he claims. Still, kind of suspect is exactly how much actual spy work he did. Well. Uh... He, I, I know he did the kind of like base elements of James Bond on himself, and I'm sure. fairly certain he was a fairly fairly decent sized womanizer. Oh, he was a, a rampant misogynist. Yeah, that's why he probably was giggling his ass off when he's writing names like Pussy Galore. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Um, yeah, he actually toned that down for James Bond. Exactly. Well, yeah, because that's the thing. I think in the original Goldfinger, Pussy Galore is a lesbian that oh, yeah. that Bond turns straight, you know, with the power of his double O dick. It's just like Yeah. And it's only implied yeah. that in the uh, movie. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah, you know what? Well, Let, you know what? Let's let's face it. With the amount of vodka martinis that guy drinks, I'm he he's, he suffers from whiskey dick at least once out of every three times. <laughs> It turns out that they had invented Viagra way before they made it available to the public. 
Yeah. Just, so yeah, so the C, the, so the CIA and MI6 was giving it out to their agents just so they, you know, for their yeah, honey traps. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. There wasn't cyanide in his watch. Yep. Oh, do be <laughs> serious, 007. Here, take this. How do you feel? How does your heart feel? Well, my heart feels fine, but oh boy, what's going on down there? <laughs> He's got a rocket in his pocket that was reserved for the Roger Moore bonds because yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> never put that above a Roger Moore movie to make that joke. Exactly. He's attempting reentry. <laughs> oh boy. So let, let's move on from the silliness. Actually, hold on, hold yes. on one second. Before we move yes. on, I do have to make yes. a slight correction. Yes. Uh, I looked it up just to be sure. Um, E.L. Uh, e. James did not force the studio to hire her husband as the director of the two sequels. Okay. She, okay. she forced she forced them to hire his her husband as the writer, the screenwriter. Oh, God. Two sequels. Ah. Oh. Okay, yeah. so totally normal behavior then. I I got you, Mike. I appreciate that correction. I just I just wanted to make it <laughs> make it certain because uh, James Foley is not married to E.L. James. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Ah, all right. Well, let's move on from one spy to another kind of, and um, that is the um, the Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan movies. That includes. The Hunt for Red October, Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger, The Sum of All Fears. The most brilliant commander in the Soviet Navy. Remy has trained most of their officer corps. He's nearly a legend in the submarine community. The most deadly submarine ever built. This thing could park a couple of hundred warheads off Washington. Nobody'd know a thing about it until it was all over. And once more, we play our dangerous game with our old adversaries in the American Navy. His plan is a mystery. A man with your responsibilities reading about the end of the world. Apparently, he has suffered a kind of nervous breakdown in which he announced his intention to fly his missiles on the United States. He wants to help you hunt him down, kill him. Open the outer doors, firing point procedures. We sail into history. I'm going to blow him right to Mars. Ramius might be trying to defect. You're just an analyst. What can you possibly know what goes on in this mind? I'll give you three days to prove your theory correct. Pretty sure that's it for movies. And then there's the series yeah, on Amazon, which is different. Yeah. Which I think I, I haven't which one watched was the ben it yet. Which one was the Ben Affleck one? Some of all Some fears. Some of all fears. Some of all fears. Okay. Hunt for Red October is Alec Baldwin, Patriot Games in Third, Present Danger, Harrison Ford, and some of all fears is uh, Affleck. Yeah. Uh, now, I've never seen some of all fears, so I can't speak on that one. Uh, Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger are good, but honestly, I would watch Hunt for October any day, all day. Yeah, Hunt, Hunt for Red October, mm-hmm. is like like Andy said, it, it's one of those, it's on TV. Oh, I'm, st- I, I, I'm not changing the channel anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah Hunt, it is Hunt, an excellent Hunt for October movie. is good. Yeah, and, and, and that that's embraces more of the nerdy, uh, you know, analystness, analyst uh, part of Jack Ryan. You know, when they yeah. got Harrison Ford, he had to become more actiony. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's a that's a big issue I I have with the movies is like I liked Clear and Present Danger. Um, I don't really remember Patriot Games all that much, 
but it's only because uh, the hunt oh, for oh, October I have a was well, I, just, I just know that Sean Bean got killed. You know, died yeah, off Patriot, Patriot game. Sean Bean dies. Hey, spoiler! <laughs> <laughs> it's not a spoiler. Sean Bean dies. That is not a spoiler. And water is wet. I know. Yeah, it's more of a spoiler. <laughs> no, if Sean no, the, doesn't die. <laughs> well, the great, the great thing, the great thing about, and it, you know, the great thing about uh, the Hunt for Red October is that it, it's a, a great political thriller and drama. Yeah. So it doesn't have to rely yeah. on action sequences on stuff like that, and it's a very, it's very much a reflection of the Tom Clancy style of books and writing. That you know, if 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 you read a Tom Clancy book, and I I read a couple in in college because you know military school, um, it's yeah. they're very much in the weed technical details and political drama. It's you very little. Build, yeah, yeah. You could build it, a it's, submarine by reading those books. I mean, they're just really exactly. exactly. <laughs> oh no exactly. way! There's there is no oh, way cool. that it's you close. can hear. You can't hear people singing on a submarine from another <laughs> no, submarine. But it's in the book, too. I've, but to, I've but to read Joe's the book. point, though, that's what Tom Clancy was writing. And so the evolution of the Ryan character from just being Anal- CIA, writing books analyst, for the CIA yeah. to even like with, with Harrison Ford being just kind of like that liaison caught in the middle of stuff to then all, all of a sudden it's just like balls to the wall action where John right. Krasinski and, 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 is, you know, fighting, right. you know, rebels in Venezuela because apparently we thought we were going to war with Venezuela at some point. Right. And like, and like it, it, it it's best encapsulated in, in, in a uh, hunt for October when Jack is at the controls and the, and he goes to the captain. And he says, I'm just an analyst. I don't, yeah. I don't go out in the field. I just, I just write reports. I write books. Books. Yeah. The CIA. yeah, and then they made him into Harrison Ford and became like, you know, I'm a super spy. Like, no, you're not. You're an analyst. Well, no, but you not, know what? Not, but you know what? Even, the thing with Harrison Ford, it wasn't it wasn't too bad with Harrison Ford because Harrison, aside of like Indy and Han Solo and maybe the fugitive, he's always got this awkwardness about him as an action hero that it doesn't it, it feels yeah off on him in a certain in a certain kind of way yeah you know yeah, he so does he does kinda... slip down a slope and clip clearing present danger he's trying to follow the actual action guy and he like slips down the slope doesn't hurt himself but they they get a little bit of that in there but they they do have him more involved in action than he ought to be right but, but it's like, almost like, like patriot he's, games he's caught in the middle Right. Yeah, that's like that's a feeling you get in like Patriots game Patriot games is like he, he's very much out of his element. But they're still forcing him to be an action hero, which didn't right. work I guess yeah. it worked for the character at that moment, but it just it, it yeah, it, like you said, it it Jack Ryan works best when he's just an analyst. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um did you were you guys aware that there was a uh Chris Pine? Was Jack Ryan in a movie? Yes. I forgot. I totally movie, forgotten about it until I was on, I think it was Stars, and they had recommendations. And it was because you watch Muppets Take Manhattan, and <laughs> the first pile was Jack Ryan. It was the Chris Pine Jack Ryan movie. And I'm like, well, I guess if I like the Muppets Take Manhattan, I'm going to love <laughs> this one. Hey, that's why, that's why Chris Pine is the best, Chris. 
Yes. Yeah. No. All right. Um, that is true. Hold on one more moment. Before, um, oh, dear. We just got some more Facebook feedback, feedback from uh, Jonna. <laughs> oh, you got some from Jonna? Go yeah, ahead. She, go for she it. She just posted like 11 minutes ago. Um, and unfortunately, she also didn't get this assignment. She oh. got uh, Ellie Confidential by James Elroy, ad- adaptation to a very good movie. The Black yeah. Dahlia by James Elroy, terrible movie adaptation. And then Science of the Lambs. Great. Okay. So, first off, Jonna, thank you. I had mentioned, I actually had mentioned those at the top of the show. Um, mm-hmm. LA Confidential is part of the LA trilogy, but because LA Confidential was a critical at Oscar darling, it wasn't a financial darling. They just, James Elroy is next to impossible to a- adapt. So, I, I appreciate that because LA Confidential is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, as I mentioned, Black Dahlia, awful. Just dreadful. The book's not that great yeah. either, but but The Silence of the Lambs, I'm glad you brought that up, Jonna, because that the Thomas Harris Hannibal Lecter series is a series of really good books. I mean, we all know that the movie Silence of the Lambs is one of the most lauded horror movies of all time, but you've well, got Manhunter. Manhunter's not Manhunter. Bad with Brian Cox, yeah, Man I will say this: Manhunter, on... Manhunter is way better than its its remake, Red Dragon. Yes. Yeah, Man, Man, yeah, Manhunter was good, and I can't remember the name. Of, was the book named Red Dragon, and they called it yes. Manhunter for the movie? The book was Red yeah. Dragon. Right. The movie was Manhunter, uh, with Brian Cox as Hannibal Lecter, which is really weird. Seeing oh, him, that like, works. 30, 40 years younger. He's excellent. Yeah. And then you moved on to Silence of the Lambs. After Silence of the Lambs, Thomas Harris wrote Hannibal, um, which is – it's weird. Like I can never remember if I like the movie, and then I start watching the movie and remind myself, oh, yeah, I don't like this movie. <laughs> yeah, no. That whole scene where you know Ray Liotta's drugged up and Lecter like, pops the top of his skull off, and he's like, I'm just going to cook some of this braid now. Yeah. It's – but Silence of the Lambs is actually a reasonably faithful um, mm. adaptation of the book. Yeah. And I love the movie. Absolutely love the movie. So thank you, John, for yeah. bringing those up. And thanks for getting it in on time. Excellent. <laughs> so let's move on now to The Bad. These are the these are the book adaptations that were so bad they took they they just destroyed any potential they had to do a series. And yeah, we're going like, to start Here's a series. The, let's kill let's kill it with this movie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, we're going to start with The Golden <clears throat> Compass, which is based on the His Dark Materials books. Um Honestly, HBO has put out an amazing miniseries that is a thousand times better than The Golden Compass. The Golden Compass itself is just, it's confusing. It really is. It needed it needed that long-form telling, and you, you simply cannot yeah. do that in a two-and-a-half-hour-long movie. Yeah, no, the, 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 oh my god, the books are so weird. I did the book. I have. I still have yet to watch the miniseries. I read the books, and then a friend of mine like accidentally bought a Blu-ray of the Golden Compass and gave it to me, and I watched it, and I'm like, "Well, that happened." 
Yeah, it's and it was I, it was okay, but they were so slavish to the to, to the dark materials that they didn't do a good job explaining it. Yeah, They're like if you've read the books, you're gonna get this, and if you haven't read the books, good luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry, sorry to leave you. you. You didn't do the reading beforehand. There was there was reading to be done before this. Yeah. <laughs> um. Didn't star um. Uh, James Bond. Yes, Daniel Craig. Yeah, Daniel, Daniel Craig. Craig. Nicole yeah. Kidman. Yeah. Never saw it. Okay, it's you're you're better off watching the show. The no. show is just yeah, so don't, much don't, better. Don't, yeah. Don't waste your time. <laughs> yeah. Don't waste your time with the movie. Um, so, Divergent is the next one up here. This is based on like the dystopian YA um, novels. This was a series that had it out of the gate was hot because it was coming on the heels of the Hunger Games, and then the second movie kind of came and went, and the third movie was so bad it was unreleasable. They ended up releasing it direct to home video. No, this the, one, oh. This guy's- I started I started reading the books and they're bad. I never I don't think I've ever seen them. I think I've like, you know, seen clips from the movies. But I started reading the book and was like, this is shit and put it down. Yeah. And I've read Hunger Games a number of times and I've read the uh the the prequel book. But yeah, Divergent is you know, everybody that has a bitch about the Hunger Games, they mean divergent. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and she, and she, wasn't like Shailene Woodley supposed to be like the next Jennifer Lawrence because of it? That yeah, never really kind of that never really kind of panned out for her. Yeah, That's it us. definitely did not. It did not work. And there's like the the entire series just it, it, it's the, it's your it's almost like the trajectory of Steven Seagal movies where they started hot number one movie for two weeks at the box office. Second one is just like okay, it came, it uh, hit. Number one didn't make nearly as much as the first movie on its opening weekend. Just disappeared, and now all of a sudden they're all, they're like they show up on Showtime, and you're like, oh, I didn't know they made another one of these. Oh, this was a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a thing. They had Kate Winslet and stuff, but yeah, the 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 books the books got greenlit because of Hunger Games, and the movies got greenlit because of Hunger Games, and they just it, but like. The character, the, the main character is obsessing about which boy she likes from the get-go. And it was just like, I'm out. Yeah, it's almost like the main character being being female is like, it's, her, her only agency is to find a guy. Right. Interesting. So who wrote the Divergent series? Oh, you're going to make me pull up Wikipedia now, aren't you? Uh... Uh, well, I'm just kind of curious because if that's her only real goal, then that sounds like—I mean, sounds like it was a male author. No, 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 no. Veronica no, 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 no. wrote the book. No, a lot of these young, a lot of these young adult dystopian young adult books are written by uh, females. Uh, yeah, they're written by women, and I don't know Veronica, Veronica Roth. Roth. Yeah, and what her inclinations are. If she's like Stephanie Meyer, where it's like she's not allowed, be, you know, based on the confines of, you know, in Stephanie Meyer's case, the, you know, the Church of Latter-day Saints, the Mormons, where she's really not allowed to do a whole lot else. 
So she writes these really chaste, you know, romance novels that, you know, just revolve around the girl being there for her every man. Um, oh, it's not like only that. The, it's not only that. The whole vampire thing in the, the Twilight books is because you're going to be with this person forever because yep. of, the, of the beliefs of Mormonism. And so that's that's the whole eternity thing of uh, the vampires. Fair. That's that's very true. That's very fair. Um, and, and let's talk about Jacob imprinting on their daughter. And you know what? We didn't even bring again, up the let's fact. Just, let's just make a bad face and let's not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of bad faces, the face of that baby in that movie. <laughs> like they actually CG'd a baby face that looks so just disconcerting. It's like I'd rather I'd rather look at the the obvious baby doll that they used in American Sniper. <laughs> oh yeah, deep in the weeds movie podcast, everybody. Um, <laughs> all right, going back <laughs> to some of the bad now. Another movie that was so confusing it killed the series is um a series of unfortunate events i was so rip shit with this movie absolutely rip shit with the with this 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 movie that was jim carrey right yes yeah, this is jim carrey one yeah yeah um it's based on the first three books in the series of unfortunate events uh series of 13 books Yep. They did the fir- they took the first three, but had to find a way to tie them kind of back and forth together. But the whole thing, I, to me, I feel is is upended by um, the unsanctioned buffoonery of Jim Carrey. That's mm-hmm. that's possible, but like, yeah, I I didn't watch it. Um, I got. I started reading a series of unfortunate events because I was winding through the bookstore to buy my copy of the final book of the Harry Potter series, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. And I picked up a copy of Lemony Snicket and started reading it and was like, all right, I'm going to buy this on my way out, too. Because, I, yeah, I went to the midnight release of uh, Harry Potter book seven. Yeah, I think I did, too. No, no. And I ordered, I ordered on Amazon until I got it the next day. Okay. But the thing with the books are is that they're they're great. They're bite sized. And for novels, they're bite sized. They're all like, you know, roughly about 150 pages in length, 13 chapters, which is really not, it's very easy to read Lemony Snicket's work. But they're clever and they don't, you know, they actually don't speak down to kids. There's a lot of wor- great wordplay in there. And this movie. It's just like they they get the settings right, but because they got to let Jim Carrey play all these different characters, it just, you know, sorry to say, it becomes the Jim Carrey show and not the story of the bottle yeah. air orphans. Right. And Which that, that's is a, completely wrong. Right. Yeah. And that's the, the thing. Is that Olaf is a foil. Yeah. Olaf's a foil. He's not the main character of the stories. And I, I, I'll give a lot of credit to Neil Patrick Harris for the Netflix show that he does pull back. Yep. You know, he makes his appearances, but he pulls back enough that the kids get to shine. 
Yeah, he knows his role. Yeah. Hmm. So, Joe, have you seen a series of unfortunate events or I, read them? I have not, and I have not read the book, so ah. I, I have nothing worthwhile to go offer on this. Okay. <laughs> well, moving on to something else, I have I have I nothing remember to really say. A friend of mine was like, "These books are depressing." <laughs> a, a friend of mine was reading the books, is like, "They're so depressing," and I'm like, "Did you not? Did we not what?" I'll read the title. My my friend that was like, these these Lemony Snicket books are so sad, and I'm like, and nothing ends well, and I'm like, did you not read that they are a series of unfortunate events? And she was like, yeah, you got a good point. Yeah, exactly. They even say at the very beginning, this story does not end well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but speaking of things that don't end well, The Maze Runner. I've never read the books. I haven't seen the movies. All I can say is... Oh, the Hunger Games did well. Is this dystopian? <laughs> there we go. Yeah, the 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 first I I did read the first book on. Well, I listened to it on audio from the library, so I didn't pay a cent. Yeah, and it was it was interesting. You know, the concept wasn't was interesting. It was kind of like Hunger Games meets Lord of the Flies kind of thing. But I haven't bothered with the movie. Yeah. So let's move on. Now, uh, Mike, you put the Black Cauldron on here. Yeah. Yeah. Which isn't well, live action, but definitely an yeah. unbelievably shit <laughs> representation yeah. of the book series. Yeah. Again, if four books, well, let's take uh, the first, what, two, two and a half, and let's cram them into one hour and a half animated movie. The only good thing to mm-hmm. come out of that is the Horn King. Because yeah. he actually goes out like a badass. He goes yeah. out like a boss in that <laughs> in that movie. He and, yeah, is having, dispatched off camera in the book. Yeah, that's all I can by, say about this. Voiced by John Hurt also doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt, right? But right. we will definitely go further into depth depth into the Black Cauldron when we talk about animated movies based on books because there are several. There's quite a few of them. Yeah. Last unicorn. Yep. All right, and then finally, we have The Da Vinci Code. Um, Yeah. So, I remember... Dan Brown had a moment and made a moment of it. (laughs) He did. The the only thing that stands out about the movie series is Tom Hanks' hair. (gasps) Oh, Oh God. (laughs) So, I feel like Dan Brown is to the the early 2000s what John Grisham was to the 90s. Um, That's fair. The Dan Brown books. Here's the best way I can describe the Dan Brown books. They are great toilet reading because yeah. the chapters <laughs> are five pages in length. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> they, they, they are the James Patterson for. Uh, he's a dollar store James Patterson. I guess is the best way I could put it. Yeah, yeah he's I a mean, more successful. Yeah. The James I, uh, Patterson sucks too. Uh, no, it was. That's what it I was, said. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, Da Vinci Code, that was, like, mandatory airport reading for a time. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I did pick up the Da Vinci Code, and uh, I read it, and I was like, wow, I've been reading for, like, five minutes. I'm already, like, 20 chapters in. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, this is insane. <laughs> but I, I don't know what's sadder, though, the the, the books and the fact that there are some people actually took that shit seriously. Yeah. Joe, 
You listen to knowledge. You know what? Fight. I listen to. You know, I know. Where I the holes we can fight. go down? Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what? I take that back. Yeah. There's a Rubicon that can be crossed at every uh, at, at every angle. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, the funny thing is too, like, so the movie The Da Vinci Code comes out, which is actually the second book in the series, and it's um, it's a huge. The movie is a huge hit. Yeah, and it's it's. I mean, it's sold on Tom Hanks and his amazing hair. Um, and um, and uh, Ron <laughs> Howard's directing. Yeah, that's true. Ron yep. Howard did. Ron Howard directed all three of them. Yeah. So then I have to pull this book up because I can't remember it. Angels and Demons. Angels and Demons, which came Thank out you. three years before, and the movie came out like four or five years after. Um, right. Division. With Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Ewan McGregor and, um, oh, oh, uh, the vision. Oh, oh yeah. Paul um, oh, Paul Bettany. Yes. yes. Paul Bettany. Yeah. Paul Bettany. And, and then after that, Inferno. I'm just seeing, there was another book in between here called, uh, the lost symbol, which I don't think was ever released as a book. And then Inferno was released. And I, I, I barely remember that being released as a movie. Like it just people lost interest really fast. Yeah, I, I believe they both realized Vinci they were reading crap. Both the Vinci Code and I believe Angels and Demons made made some pretty good bank. Yeah. Uh, Inferno, I don't know what that one did. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure, but I think Angels and Demons didn't it didn't nearly nearly touch how well the Da Vinci Code did, but that's because the, the Da Vinci Code was really in that sweet spot. Yeah. Where yeah, people were talking yeah. about the book and talking about the movie. Yeah, but you know what? Credit to Dan Brown for taking his money and fucking off and not turning into Scott Adams. Oh God, yeah, that's thank God for that. Fair enough. Yep. I mean, come on. When's the last time you've heard Dan Brown? <laughs> I mean, come on, really. Oh, that's true. And I'm sure he's got some wild stuff that will make your eyes go crossed. Yeah, yeah I mean, but he's got. He, he, like I said, he's got his money. He's happy. I'm like, he, he, exactly. Whatever. He's like he's like Tom from MySpace. He's like, I got my money, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I mean Da Vinci Code yeah. pulled He in. might also have just written that stuff because he might have written that stuff because it was hot at the moment. He might not believe that crap. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Da Vinci Code pulled in seven hundred and sixty million on a hundred and twenty five million dollar budget. Wow. So yep. yeah, they're well you got Man so. the residuals on that. Oof. Yeah, Angels and Demons. Let's see what that one do. Uh, that one, uh, yeah, $150 million budget, box office $485. So, like a $200 million, $250 million drop there. Oof. And then Inferno. Whew. Well, they dropped the budget to 75 and the box office dropped to 220 Ugh. So they they still made money, but that's a good place to but, call it end. Yeah, and that's yeah. a good place for Dan Brown to go just fuck off and do you know just do his own thing. Yeah, right. So, all right. Well, let's move on now to the good ones, and I'm going to start here with kind of a like I just want to allude to this one because technically speaking, it's only only one book has been filmed, uh, and that's Dune. What did you see? There's a crusade coming. 
Do you often dream things that happen just as you dream them? Yes. The test is simple. Remove your hand from the box, and you die. What's in the box? Pain. You inherit too much power. You have proven you can rule yourself. Now you must learn to rule others. Something none of your ancestors learned. My father rules an entire planet. He's losing it. He's getting a richer one. He'll lose that one too. It's been made into a movie twice. Uh, part two of the the Denny Villeneuve series is coming out later this year. Um, but if there's any potential for them to go to delve into the series, you're not going to see it go beyond Children of Dune, because if you if they put it gets God weird. Emperor Dune into the theaters, people are going to revolt. Like it's it gets weird. Yeah. You have to love yeah. Dune. And I I love Dune. I wouldn't mind seeing God Emperor Dune on the big screen, but you know, just like the the horny man worm god, just is not going to work for a general audience. It really isn't. Yeah, no, no. Sci Fi Channel got through Dune. What came after Dune? They did Children Dune and Dune. Children of Dune, but Children of Dune is technically Dune Messiah and Children yeah, of Dune yeah. combined. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I'm going to say was that they called it Children of Doom, but I, I was informed that it was also Dune Messiah. And that's James McAvoy. Yeah. Is Dune, Dune is the Dune Messiah, which like I was watching it. I was like, I was watching other things. And I'm like, you look familiar. And I looked him up and I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Professor your <X>. apology. <laughs> yep. Your little Atreides. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. I was, I watched that. I watched that series in full when I was high on OxyContin after my uh, after my vasectomy, <laughs> and uh, just you know hanging out, frozen bag of peas on my on my bits, and watching the Dune series. So, more information yeah, that, than you absolutely needed. Yeah, the, uh, absolutely, absolutely. That was I, more information I, than I needed. I bought the DVDs <laughs> for all of them, and um, I gotta say, for a Sci-Fi Channel special, that first Dune had bit more eroticism than I was expecting it would. Oh, well, yeah, that, those books are insanely it was, horny. It was sci-fi channel. It was not Siffy. Yeah. It was sci-fi. It was yeah. before right. it was before it became Siffy. Yeah. Because Siffy Siffy made shit movies. Sci-fi channel had good movies and good TV series, and also they had their cheese. Eureka. Siffy Siffy Yeah. Siffy is just cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Siffy was like, oh, you like Sharknado? How about nothing else? <laughs> hey, Sharknado 5, anybody? Yeah? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. oh God. But anyway, yeah. All but right. that wasn't theatrically released, so we're moving on. We're not really talking about that. But what we can talk about is kind of like what spawned so many magical children book series and movie series <laughs> and that is the Harry Potter series <laughs> Did you ever make anything happen? Anything you couldn't explain? 
You're a wizard, Harry. I'm a what? Dear Mr. Potter, we are pleased to inform you that you have been accepted at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. In a few moments, you will pass through these doors and join your classmates. Keep an eye on the staircases. They like to change. I don't know if I'm in the minority here when I say this. I think the movies are a lot better than the books. And I'm disqualifying Sorcerer Stone and uh, Chamber of Secrets because I think the movies are shit because Chris, Chris Columbus is not a good sci- uh, special effects director. Yeah, but you see, the, th- the thing is, Andy, I, I agree with you that well, it, it's kind of complicated, but you, you you don't have the Harry Potter series movies if it wasn't for Christopher Columbus being True. as faithful to the books as he was with Chamber of Secrets and the Philosopher the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. True. That, that is the thing, is like you can't really say that the first two movies are better or worse than the books because they're essentially the same thing. They're faithful, <laughs> right. And and and, you, and that's and you needed that for the series to be successful. He he was faithful to a fault, and that to a that's fault. kind of but a again, detriment. But again, you needed that for the first two yeah. movies. And right. it and and it worked because if you read the first two books, they're they're breezy reads. Yeah. You know, you, you can go through them fairly quickly. Things it doesn't you know, the Harry Potter series really doesn't start getting sophisticated until you know the third four. and especially the four, four. yeah yeah Re- four really kind of gets really gets sophisticated and you can see that reflected with the choice of you know alfonso Cuaron, Cuaron as the director yeah. yeah it's like okay now they're taking it a little bit more seriously and it, it works because they're they don't have to be faithful you know because you know the the fourth fifth sixth and seventh books are so dense yeah, yeah. that you know, you 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 need some, you need to be able to convey the themes of the books without getting bogged right. down in its details, which and, they and, did with the movies. And that's the thing. David Yates was the perfect director for this because he was able to, to just encapsulate the Cliff Notes version of what we needed. And right. I, you know, out of all the movies, Order of the Phoenix is my favorite out of all the movies. It's the longest book and the shortest movie. Yep. And it's it's it just I think that that's what we needed. So yes, I agree. I mean, you, you have to have those first two movies they it, for them to be successful. And it also shows that there's a growth in the storytelling because we recently uh, watched the two Deathly Hallows movies. I don't remember them being as good as as we. I was like, wow, these movies are a lot better than I remember them being. Mm. And I well, like it. Again, and that's that, that's also a reflection of the growing maturity of the actors themselves. Yeah, you no, know, of Dan, you know, Dan, Emma, and Rupert really coming into their own as actors, right. and you know, being able to they know their characters because again, they they've been playing them for you know fifteen, you know, ten to fifteen years. I think I don't remember. You know, it was it was a t- it was essentially ten years. It was, it was yeah, ten a years. Whole movie series takes place over. 10 years or been filmed over 10 years right you know what I, in addition to those four i'd also include um oh uh, tom the guy who played uh, malfoy tom felton yes oh, tom felton yep 
I mean, for they had they had, they had two different Tom, um, uh, two different Malfoys. The first one went on to play Joffrey. No, no, he didn't. No, that was it's always Tom been Tom, Tom Felton. That's always been Tom Felton. Okay, I'm gonna no, I'm gonna trust you people with children as right. opposed to me who who gave up on the Harry Potter movies halfway. Well, through you know, it's, well, no, it's, it, well, it's, <laughs> it's uh, funny because I I I I watched the Harry Potter all oh, the Harry Potter movies. Before my kids came along, ah, oh, so, so was born. So was born what two thousand eight, and I think the last yeah. movie came out in like two thousand twelve. Yeah, eleven. Yeah. But yeah, no, Joffrey, the the kid who played Joffrey was in Batman Begins, which was two thousand five. So. Oh crap! Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he was the, he was the boy in the fire escape. Yeah, but, but that's. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Tom Felton's Draco, uh, especially in the last movie, he actually showed a lot more depth than you would expect out of someone who was kind of a one-note villain for the first like five, six movies. Oh God! But again, it, yeah. it's, same, but it's, but it's also it's also a reflection. Yeah, it's a reflection of his of his growth as a character in the books. Yeah. yeah. It's it's also interesting too watching you know you're talking about watching these these kids grow as characters and just seeing the different character traits um you know the the kid who played neville who turned out to actually be the most attractive out of all of them in real life <laughs> um but i think it was i think the it was the 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 actor who played crab there's this great bit where he goes from being just like the fat side you know evil sidekick to actually trying to use the killing curse yeah, on right. harry in the last movie yeah and I'm like, I had never noticed that before. We're watching it. And I'm like, oh shit. He actually was gonna kill him. Got him slithering. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's kind of funny that we're not even mentioning um uh what are the other two movies that came after? Oh the, oh, the, oh, the Fantastic Beast movies. Fantastic Beast because yeah. they're awful. They're awful. <laughs> well, well, first, and also they're they're based on like you know side projects. A book within that a book. JK, JK, yeah. Well, it's also J.K. Rowling wrote some side project books for like fundraisers. Right. I had I had those at one point. I think they're downstairs in the basement with my uh, Harry Potter books. Yeah. The the thing is, is that like I remember, and I I think this is where we can cap off the Harry Potter series here. Is that when we. My my watched with my kids. I watched that that first Fantastic Beast movie, and at the very end of it, my daughter goes, "Daddy, please never let us watch these movies again." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I saw the I saw the first one and the second one in theaters. Oh god! Um, the first one, I was like, I I don't like this movie, but I like the four main characters. Their chemistry was kind of fun. And then the second one, they're like, "Oh fuck that! We're gonna just go make them all much different characters than they were, and yep. completely drive them apart." I'm like, "You just took the only thing I liked about the first one and ruined it." So fuck you. I don't know. There's just something about Eddie Redmayne that makes my my knee goes. I need to make contact with his balls. It's just like he's <laughs> so annoying. Oscar winning Eddie Redmayne. Oscar winning Eddie Redmayne. Don't even get me started. But that's <laughs> that's Harry Potter. It's almost like we like we did a podcast about this 12 years ago. Um, I don't remember that. No. Yeah, we did. We did. We 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 covered the Harry Potter movies, right on the right on the cusp of the release of, um, Deathly Hallows Part Two, because and I I will never forget this, Mike. 
And I say this when we know that there's a movie that is going to have a logical conclusion in the next movie. Remember? When at the end of part one. Oh, yeah. Gets the elder one. Yeah. Some guy in Mike's uh, screening of part one was like, that's bullshit. Because they didn't complete (laughs) the entire movie. um, Yeah, I was just like. I do that all the time. One, right? It's two coming. Yeah, it's not like they made it a secret. It's like, yeah. Right. (laughs) The end of The Hobbit, Unexpected Journey, uh, Infinity War, uh, Across the Spider-Verse. That's bullshit. So, (laughs) you name it, it's in there. Yeah, I I did, you know, my mom was still going to movies when the first Hobbit movie came out. And I explained to her that there were three movies when, like, Smaug showed up at the very end and that was it. And she was like, oh, okay. But she didn't scream "Bed's bullshit" at the at the screen. She was just like, "Is that it?" It's just a fun little in joke. So let's move on to another um, another huge hit series, um, the Hunger Games. Welcome, welcome. The time has come to select one courageous young man and woman for the honor of representing District 12 in the 74th Annual Hunger Games. It's your first year, Prim. Your name's only been in there once. They're not going to pick you. Show. That's all they want. There's 24 of us, Gail. Only one comes out. All right. Now, I, I've read the books. I've seen the movies. I'll admit, I like the books a lot better than I like the movies. Only because I feel like the movies did that thing where, oh, hey, we can make more money making uh, our, the final chapter into two books. That was yeah, part that's of good. it. That's, I mean, that's, there's a that's, lot that's, to that's go on, but it's also you. You get so much more of the character from the books like the movies yeah you don't get the insight this is why i hit the martian movie um but like yeah the the books you really get a sense of of uh, katniss and the movies you don't know how she thinks of herself and everybody else you only see her from a third person point of view right i will say though where the movies succeed is that they did a great job building that world. They did a yeah, the world, really yeah the world the world world building was fantastic. Art direction world building is fantastic. Yeah, the costumes, the world building, the characters, like all the actors are great. Like yeah. when when uh, Jennifer Lawrence first got cast, like apparently all the Hunger Games fans were like, "But she's a blonde." And they're like, "It's okay, it's okay. We're gonna make her a brunette. It's fine." Yeah. There's this thing. It's a new invention. It's called hair dye. And if that doesn't work, <laughs> we have another new invention called a wig. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My like, God. It's insane. Um, It's been forever since I've watched these. Apparently, my son read the books, and I'm like, we should probably watch the movies at some point. My daughter yeah, has I've no only, interest in this. I've only, I've, like only seen, I've only seen the movies. I haven't read the books. Okay. The books are actually really good, and the beauty is the books 
also kind of toilet reading. They're very short chapters. Okay, I'll admit I've only done an audiobook. Um, okay. But uh, the performance was great and like it was intriguing. And I got like, my, my mother was like, you should read these. And she loaned it to me on her spare uh, iPod. Uh-huh. And I went through the whole thing and I was like, really? That's how it ends? And I've listened to the whole thing again. <laughs> and that was I'm one of my of, regular go to's. I'm kind of in Scarlet's camp. I have no interest. Yeah, that's and fair. that's that's fair. That's fair. So one thing you're, that we you're do not, have, you're not dystopian. <laughs> no, right. I'm really not. Yeah. Yeah. I just read them because it was something to do. Um. All right. Well, we've been alluding to this one because we've had some feedback on it, but we really haven't given our thoughts on it, and that's the Lord of the Rings. Legend tells of a ring created by an ancient evil that gave its wearer the power to enslave the world. Believed lost for centuries, it has now been found. Is it secret? Is it safe? This is the One Ring, forged by the Dark Lord Sauron. Sauron needs only this ring to cover all the lands of a second darkness. He's seeking it. Seeking it all. His thought is bent on it. No one knows it's here, do they? Do they, Gandalf? Some of the best movies ever made, which I think, I think I... it's an improvement on the books. Yeah, I think I think it could be argued that the Lord of the Rings series is the best movie adaptation of a book ever made or a a book or a book series. I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you because the books are long. You know, Tolkien never met an editor he listened to. Um, (laughs) You know, the movies also do a great job of steering away from all the anti-Semitism, too. So uh, there's that. Uh, I, but I can it, think of only maybe one unlike Harry movie, Potter movie book adaptation that's better. What's that? Jaws. Yeah, yeah. yeah but that's that's a single book though. Uh, the, the 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 movie is way better than the book. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I, oh, I, I, I'm yeah. just talking yeah. in general because uh, yeah. no, I, I think no, but I, yeah. I think if you want to, if you want to say that if <clears throat> if there's a movie series a movie series that faithfully adapts the book and does it better yeah i, I think way, you'd be hard pressed you'd be hard pressed to say it's anything other than lord of the rings yeah it, yeah it both honors the source material and improves upon it by editing it down and making it more concise right because right. i mean we're, we're, we're all nerds we've all read lord the lord of the rings it's a slog mm-hmm. it is it not is, an easy yeah. read hey it's a and, slog in tiny print yeah. 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 And I, I've actually I've I've never been able to make it through all three books. I, I made it to like halfway through Return of the King and I just kinda like dozed off. That's sad to hear Mike is me clutching my pearls right now. Um I mean I've I've read the books. I've tried to get the, the Silmarillion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and if anybody tells you that they've read the Silmarillion, they're lying. They're trying to get into nope, your pants. No, nope, no, nope. uh, 
No, my my coworker Aaron is just that big of a Lord of the Rings nerd. Ah, uh, Catherine, I was but, half expecting you're going to say your husband has read the Cimmerian. I was like, oh uh, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> but no, 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 but, Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he has, but yeah. uh, no, my my coworker Aaron just he just this is his thing. Somebody threw out a joke today on like a call, and he was like, oh, uh. They wanted to uh, have trees in our software be entities. <laughs> and it took most of us a minute to get it. Aaron got it right off the bat. And I was like, well, yeah, you just speak Lord of the Rings. That's your second oh language. Oh, my God. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, to Peter Jackson's credit, he he does the one thing that Tolkien does, has a hard time doing. And it's like, Show the action. Don't talk about it. You know, right? And yeah, show don't tell. Show don't tell, which is you know the number one thing in cinema is show don't tell. Don't you? Yeah. you don't need hours of exposition. You no, know? right? Yeah, but of, of course you do in a book. You what well, you do in a book, and you know again with those active imaginations, Tolkien you know can get that fired up if you can keep yourself awake long enough to do it. But, oh, yeah, in, in between bouts of <laughs> cooking and singing and walking. Right. You know, and, yeah. and, I mean, I really don't need to know how horny Tom Bombadil is for his wife. You know, those, those movies, they, they suffered so much for the lack of Tom Bombadil. You know, yeah, I mean, no, even Tom no Bombadil. I don't, I don't need him thirsting over his wife for like two, half an hour. I'm oh good. Oh, my God. We don't need him, but, period. Yeah, no, we don't. Yeah, exactly. But then, well, again, that's the thing is like, the movies worked because Jackson was able to give the grand sense of scale and epic myth, you know, mythology of the books without it getting bogged down. Uh, right. Yeah. You know, you knew you, you know, when the characters spoke in Elvish, you could tell it was a beautiful language. It's, it, oh, yeah. it flowed beautifully. I don't need to know the history of the Elvish language to know that it's a beautiful language because right. <laughs> they did a great job of show of again showing you that it's a beautiful language. Yeah. Well, he, you know, uh, as a linguist, Tolkien wrote the English, the Elvish language. Right. <laughs> there well, were again, people yeah, that I, were like, "What Tolkien did, I want to do that as a job," and they, and that's what they do. They write Klingon and they write, uh, oh, whatever the languages of the in Dothraki. All the. Yeah, Dothraki. Exactly. There are people who that's their job is make yeah. up fake languages. I I, yeah, I, I I more prefer the George Lucas way of uh, of language <laughs> creation. Well, oh, combine uh, two languages together. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. It's it's just it's it's one of those things that it's that they're enjoyable movies like. I, I'll go back. I'll probably watch the Lord of the Rings movies once every year or 18 months. I don't get the people who are like, oh, I read the Lord of the Rings every year. It's like, why? No. How? I can't. It's really I read it in high school. I read it again in college. I'm all set. I'm good. Yeah. But I never read it's it. Till, just, it's uh, more of a how for me. That's a lot of that's a lot of time to dedicate. Right, but yeah. the movies I will always because they're they're on constant rotation on like 
USAA and right. I mean USA USA and sci-fi and all that. Yeah. I will stop when it's on TV. I will stop and watch. Mm. Yeah. I've got the Blu-rays of the extended cuts. And that yeah, is yeah, you don't get any other only and, and way I, to I, watch I, it. And it, you know, on sometimes like on my days if I have a day off and I got not, absolutely nothing to do, I will pop up in and I will veg, veg myself out on the t- on the couch and watch the entire the all three uh the, the entire trilogy. They are amazing. Oh, it's 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 a good it's a good background thing for when I'm sewing. Yeah, yeah. you know, is is to put those on. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's move on. We only well, have two so, you know, more to go with. We're running long, so we're gonna go quick on these. And the first one, Mike, uh, did you include the Conan movies? That wasn't me. That was no, that you. was me. That was Catherine. Me. You put Conan. That was me. Never before in the history of motion pictures has there been a screen presence so commanding, so powerful, so deadly. He's Conan, the librarian. Can you tell me where I can find a book on astronomy? Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Conan, the librarian. I'm sorry. Books are a little overdue. <laughs> Conan the Librarian. Oh my god, you didn't know those were books? Oh no, yeah. I thought it was just a, uh, I thought Co- it was just Conan a comic book. And Red... No, no, Conan and Red Sonia are novels. I did not know that. Yeah. But yep. they're written like what, the twenties? Yeah, they're 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 old. They're like you know contemporary with the uh, Tarzan books and John Carter yeah. and John yeah. Carter, absolutely. Um, but yeah, we get we get two Conan movie, uh, at least three, because there was a Red Sonja movie, and that kind of counts. Mm. Yeah, um, and then I think they did a remake of Conan that we're all going to pretend doesn't exist. Yeah, the one with Jason um, Momoa. Yeah, yeah, that does not exist. I haven't. I haven't seen it, and I'm like, eh, it's bad. Uh, yeah, from what but, I heard, so uh, my friend Steve said that the Conan movie was like if you showed a 10-year-old child the Schwarzenegger movie and asked them to replicate that as their own movie, and the only thing that got right was the violence and the nudity. <laughs> oh, God. So, like... All right. Yeah. But yeah, but those yeah, those are based on the Conan movies are based on books and there was more than one of the movies so that counts in you know my uh concoction of this plot. So yeah. the rules. But, yeah, the the rules that I, as I have laid them down. And the first movie, you have to have the first movie. I like the second movie so much. The Destroyer. Conan the Destroyer is one of my favorite popcorn movies to be like, you know what? I just need laughter and violence and silliness. Schwarzenegger fucking hated that movie. <laughs> he was, it was like fun. No, I know that, but I think he was more like he felt betrayed. It's almost like this movie it needs to be more violent. What is the PG rating? We've got we've got Will Chamberlain in this movie. 
Have you seen this dude? He fucks all the time. <laughs> he, he, he's like, been, I, I've heard he's been begging to do a King Conan movie for like years now. Well, some people just don't like to make money, Mike. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, but that's that's Conan, and now we know. Now Joe knows it's based on a series of books. I've never read the books, so I, I can't I, actually account for their quality. I'm sure that they're very pulpy and written in a time when it was like you get paid by the page. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're they're pulpy. I I started reading a Red Sonia novel and was like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she she wore only the the chainmail bikini to show that she did not need to defend herself. Sure. Okie dokie, yeah, okay. guy. Okay. Okie dokie. I'm going to say is my nipples hurt Bikini. listening to that statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, let's move on to the last uh, book series two movies, and that is The Chronic What Coles of Narnia. Oh my god. We're kids? We spent 25 years in Narnia, oh god. and now we're just kids? Oh no. We were kings oh. 30 seconds ago, and now we're just kids? We ruled over a vast nation, oh. and now we're just poor? And from England? I've killed people. Same. I decapitated a man. Oh. And now what? I'm just supposed to go to middle school? We met Santa! He gave you a sword! And now what? I'm just supposed to play tag with other nine-year-olds? Like, none of that happened? I was ripped, right? You were shredded. Because I'm like 90 pounds. Right now. I don't want to do this. So dating girls our age is off the table. Oh my god, I had a wife. Uh, Monica, I remember. I had a talking beaver wife. Oh my god. I helped raise her beaver children. <gasps> they called me dad. Oh god, did you keep any of your goals? I'm into beavers now. I prefer them to people. I had an emerald the size of a walnut around my neck. What do I do with that? Oh god. Hmm? Yep. And I have to say, mm -hmm. I love the first movie. Yeah. Don't yeah. think I saw the Dawn Treader or Prince Caspian, and if I did, I don't uh, remember them. I, only I, know I enjoy movie. all three of them. Yeah, I, I enjoy all of the movies. Um, I really liked how they hinted at what was going on with Susan and and everything. It was it was very good. It was very well done. I thought the way they expanded on the characters was mostly good. I had a problem with Prince Caspian because Peter's Peter was like trying to be king again. I'm like, that's that's not in the book. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I am not here to take your throne, but to put you on it is a line from the book. Uh, not exactly the quote, but yeah. Yeah. But whereas whereas in the movie, he's like trying to take it. And then he he goes, no, I can't. Um that was the one problem I had. Uh, they they did such a good job, and they did such a good job expanding and telling more of the story, and like giving giving people the setting more. Because in the when he, when C.S. Lewis originally wrote the books, he's assuming you know the setting, mm. and they they had to like you know tell people, hey, you're several generations off from. World War II, and most of you are in America and didn't experience the Blitz, and so we need to give you guys more information and also, but again, they like talk about where the characters are going. Mm. And Susan being very rational, and you know, she is yeah. damned for all time. 
because she doesn't accept God as her one savior. <laughs> Rash. Yep. No, that that's yeah. Lewis for you. <laughs> yeah, that you know the and like they only got through so many of the books in the movies, and then you know they only like the BBC did, but they only got got further, but they only got as far as the silver chair. I want my horse and his boy movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, eventually they're going to end up all, they're 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 going to end up doing the series on Disney Plus. At least what that's what I hope happens in a. Although I, I thought they're Disney never going to do the last battle on Disney Plus. Are you <laughs> kidding? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that Disney lost the rights to them, or at least oh. just didn't want, didn't renew. You, you may be right, Mike. I, I'm so, I, it's after. The, I mean, I like the, I love the movie, the first movie so much. I just kind of forgot about everything else. So. <laughs> But yeah, like, you know, again, hey, we're back to James McAvoy. He did a great job as Tumnus. Yes. Yeah. He did. And, and, you know, that, you know, they made sure that they made that scene spot on for us huge fans. It's like that was just word for word, line for line, perfect. Yeah. Um, and one of the, one of the things like C.S. Lewis had objected to, uh, he's like, then they can never make these into movies because they'll never make the wolves uh, menacing enough. And it's like, well, you didn't forecast CGI where we could get wolf dogs and then CGI out there wagging tails to make them just more menacing. <laughs> uh, I was I was a little bit wrong there. I just looked it up. Um, when when Voyage of the Dawn Trader came out, it, that was the first film not to be co-produced by Disney, who dropped out over a budget dispute with Walden Media. Okay. Uh, but and then in January two thousand nine, twentieth uh, Century Fox acquired the rights, and now Disney got them back with twentieth Century Fox. Womp womp. Fair enough. So Disney has the rights again, and uh, yeah, I would not be at all surprised if they tried. Ooh, yeah. Well, hold on. A possible I... Netflix reboot. No. But they were uh, all maybe. of them. Deceived. On October 3rd, 2018, it was announced that Netflix and the C.S. Lewis Company had made a multi-year agreement to develop a new series of film and TV adaptations. Okay. Interesting. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, yeah. Horse, Horse and his boy, like, for people that, you know, I, I was selling this to one of my coworkers. I'm like, I know that you personally don't, like, the series, but I'm like, Horse and His Boy is very separate, very different, and very interesting. It's one yeah. of my favorite of the books. I I, yeah. I, I find and, that one really interesting because it's it's got like the Pevensies as the High Kings, but they're like kind of like side characters. Yeah, yeah, we, we're focused on other characters. We're learning more about the world. Yeah, that, right. that's your world building right. is uh, Horse and His Boy, yeah. but. That is, again, you know, we're talking about a book that has not been adapted yet. So there we go. Right. And I've I've only read uh, Land, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. So. Oh. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, you know what? It, it, there's only so many times I can read Dune. You know, my annual read of, of Dune. So it's... Uh... <laughs> 
Anyway, I think with that, I think we we've, we've done quite quite well with this. Catherine, thanks for bringing this uh, bringing this subject up. We had a lot of great conversations with this. I, I look forward to talking about more movies made from books in the future. Excellent, and we'll find it. We'll find like some neat little subgenre that we can fit them in too. So now that we've done the series, maybe we'll do single books. Maybe we'll do graphic novels or comic books or. Not so much comic book, comic books, but like graphic novels, like single, single, uh, single serving graphic novels or something. We'll figure that out. And I want to thank everybody. Graphic novels. There'll be, you know, the TV series. Yep. Based on graphic novels. Yep. And Mike's already brought up uh, (laughs) Scott Pilgrim. You were desperate for that one last time, Mike. Yeah. (laughs) But hey, that's a movie and it'll be soon to be an animated series. I saw. All right. I saw. So anyway, and I want to take a thank everybody who took the time to respond back with their picks. Thank you so much. We do appreciate it. Give these mm-hmm. folks a follow if you're following them on next Twitter. And um, yeah, so next episode, we are going to hit an annual tradition. We are we talk about movies from 30 years ago. We are going to be talking about the movies of 1993. Hit us up with your favorite movies from that year and try to go deep, uh, deep on the deep cuts there. Cause I love when we bring up obs- more obscure movies. We all know we're going to talk about Jurassic park. Obviously we're going to talk about nightmare before Christmas. We're going to talk about Schindler's list. Let's have some extra fun with this. So let us know. Uh, we'll put the call out on uh, Facebook where you can find us at Geek Salad Podcast. We are on uh, 10 slash Twitter slash X, uh, Blue Sky and Threads at Geek Salad Radio. And if you want more Geek Salad goodness, so uh, you can check us out wherever you get your podcasts. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or on YouTube by, by finding Geek Salad Podcast there. You can also check out... Um, Mike and my retro movie reviews where we will count back countless movies, hundreds of movies now in that, in that review catalog now, which is amazing. Mike, I can't believe we've been doing this for six years, five years, something like that. Anyway, we get a lot of movies there. So check that out on YouTube. You can also get the full audio of these podcasts there as well. If that's your jam. And I know that's Mike's dog's jam because he's barking all about it right now. I've yelled at him already. Ah, gotcha. So anyway, it's, it's, it's a dog that Mike lives with. It's not Mike's dog. No, that's true. Yeah, sorry. Mike does not claim that dog. I do no. not. Do not, not recognize the dog. So anyway, until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. Go forth and be nerdful. We'll talk to you again later. Bye. Are we the Silver glass
Lord of the Rings, is a movie about walking. <laughs> what they do is they walk and they walk and they walk and they eat some bread and they walk some more. It's like the Bible, but longer. <laughs>